You're listening to the Redeeming History Podcast, Season 1, The End of the Age, brought to you by Rebel Alliance Media. AD 70 is a date that forever changed the course of history. It marked the end of one age and the beginning of another. The aeon that was coming to an end was the Jewish one. And while the dawn of the age of Christianity should likely be marked at the death, burial, resurrection, and ascension of Jesus Christ, The destruction of Jerusalem made sure that there was no hiding the fact that these two groups were distinct and different. If Christianity was to survive and thrive on its own in the world, it could no longer be as a Jewish offshoot or a Jewish sect. What I'd like to try to accomplish with this series is to show you the factors that led up to and resulted in the complete and utter destruction of the city of Jerusalem in 70 AD, fulfilling the words of Jesus in the New Testament. While we will examine and use a variety of historical documents, I am assuming throughout the historicity and veracity of the scriptures, and we will be using them as the primary source material. The goal here is not to provide an exegetical argument for the most part. It's important to understand that we all have presuppositions uh, that we come to the table with, and I'm not trying to uh, hide the fact that I do as well, Um, but as much as possible, I'm going to let the scripture speak for itself, uh, corroborate its testimony with other contemporary sources, and then only fill in some blanks when necessary. So, without further ado, this is The End of the Age, Part 1, Not One Stone. In the Gospel of Matthew, in the section where Jesus describes the impending destruction of God's house, the temple, he says, pointing to the buildings in the temple complex, quote, You see all these, do you not? Truly I say to you, there will not be left here one stone upon another that will not be thrown down. Matthew 24, 2. But what Jesus is foretelling as a future event is actually something that has happened to Israel in the past before. This is not the first house to have been destroyed. This is not the first time that not one stone has been left upon another. The first time we see it happening is at the tabernacle in Shiloh. In Exodus 29.9, God declares this concerning Aaron and his sons. Quote, And you shall gird Aaron and his sons with sashes and bind caps on them. And the priesthood shall be theirs by a statute forever. Unquote. This declaration rings true for centuries. 
Aaron and his sons and their descendants would be the priests who presided over the tabernacle in the wilderness and eventually in the temple in Jerusalem. One specific Aaronic high priest, Eli, and his two sons, Hophni and Phinehas, are going to be the primary cause of the destruction of the tabernacle at Shiloh. 1 Samuel chapter 2 pulls no punches and describes Hophni and Phinehas this way, quote, Now the sons of Eli were worthless men. They did not know the Lord. 1 Samuel 2.12 And then after describing how they would steal the Lord's portion of the sacrifice for themselves, the text says, quote, Thus the sin of the young men was very great in the sight of the Lord, for the men treated the offering of the Lord with contempt. And not only that, but they were literally turning the house of God into a brothel. Quote, Now Eli was very old, and he kept hearing all that his sons were doing to all Israel, and how they lay with the women who were serving at the entrance to the tent of meeting. And he said to them, Why do you do such things? For I hear of your evil dealings from all these people. No, my sons, it is no good report that I hear the people of the Lord spreading abroad. If someone sins against a man, God will mediate for him. But if someone sins against the Lord, who can intercede for him? But they would not listen to the voice of their father, for it was the will of the Lord to put them to death. 1 Samuel 2, 22 It is because of the sins committed against God and his dwelling place by Hophni and Phinehas, and because of Eli's inability to restrain his own sons, that God declares this curse on Eli and his house. Quote, Therefore the Lord, the God of Israel, declares, I promised that your house and the house of your father should go in and out before me forever. But now the Lord declares, far be it from me, for those who honor me I will honor, and those who despise me shall be lightly esteemed. Behold, the days are coming when I will cut off your strength and the strength of your father's house, so that there will not be an old man in your house. 1 Samuel 2, 30-31 The fulfillment of this curse would not take place in Eli's lifetime. So as a sign and as a guarantee, the Lord tells Eli that in the meantime, you can be sure that this will happen when you see your two sons die on the same day. The book of Samuel wastes no time in giving us this sign. Israel's arch enemy, the Philistines, go up to battle with the Israelites at Aphek and they defeat Israel soundly. The people are distraught. They can't believe that God would allow them to be defeated by the Philistines. And they decide that what they need to do is go and get the Ark of the Covenant from its place in the tabernacle at Shiloh and use it as some sort of magical weapon that will deliver them from the Philistines. So here's how 1 Samuel describes the result of this very poor decision. Quote, So the people sent to Shiloh 
and brought there the ark of the covenant of the Lord of hosts, who is enthroned on the cherubim. And the two sons of Eli, Hophni and Phinehas, were there with the ark of the covenant of God. As soon as the ark of the covenant of the Lord came into the camp, all Israel gave a mighty shout, so that the earth resounded. And when the Philistines heard the noise of the shouting, they said, What does this great shouting in the camp of the Hebrews mean? And when they learned that the ark of the Lord had come into the camp, the Philistines were afraid, for they said, A god has come into the camp. And they said, Woe to us, for nothing like this has happened before. Woe to us, who can deliver us from the power of these mighty gods? These are the gods who struck down the Egyptians with every sort of plague in the wilderness. Take courage and be men, O Philistines, lest you become slaves to the Hebrews as they have been to you. Be men and fight. So the Philistines fought, and Israel was defeated, and they fled, every man to his home. And there was a very great slaughter, for 30,000 foot soldiers of Israel fell, and the ark of God was captured, and the two sons of Eli, Hophni and Phinehas, died. 1 Samuel 3, 4-11. And when the now old and fat and blind Eli hears the news of the defeat of the army, uh, of his two sons' death, and of the capture of the ark, he falls off of his seat, breaks his neck, and dies. The curse against Eli's house is beginning to come true, and one of the consequences of their actions is that the Lord's house is also laid waste. The ark is taken captive, and though the pages of scripture do not tell us this, archaeological studies place the destruction of Shiloh, which would have included the tabernacle, right in the middle of the 11th century BC, which is when these events would have been taking place. Shiloh, an incredibly important place in early Israelite history, falls out of the records of Israel's history, and centuries later, the prophet Jeremiah will give this word of the Lord to the people of Judah, warning them of their own coming destruction. Quote, Go now to my place that was in Shiloh, where I made my name dwell at first, and see what I did to it because of the evil of my people, Israel. Jeremiah 7, 12. And so this leads us nicely into uh, another similar tearing down of God's house at the hands of a foreign enemy, which is the destruction of the temple of Solomon at the hands of the Babylonians under Nebuchadnezzar. This event takes place a little over four centuries after the Philistines' destruction of the tabernacle at Shiloh. And a lot has happened to Israel as a people in between that time. Israel has become a nation ruled by kings, first under Saul and then David and his house. And during the reign of David's son Solomon, the temple is constructed in the capital city of Israel, Jerusalem. The Solomonic temple replaced the tabernacle as the dwelling place of God amidst his people. 1 Kings chapter 6 verse 1 says, quote, In the 480th year, after the people of Israel came out of the land of Egypt, 
In the fourth year of Solomon's reign over Israel, in the month of Ziv, which is the second month, he began to build the house of the Lord." Unquote. And upon the completion of the temple, the Lord appears to Solomon and says this, quote, I have consecrated this house that you have built by putting my name there forever. My eyes and my heart will be there for all time. And as for you, if you will walk before me as David your father walked with integrity of heart and uprightness, doing according to all that I have commanded you, and keeping my statutes and my rules, then I will establish your royal throne over Israel forever. As I promised David your father, saying, You shall not lack a man on the throne of Israel. But if you turn aside from following me, you or your children, and do not keep my commandments and my statutes that I have set before you, but go and serve other gods and worship them, then I will cut off Israel from the land that I have given them. And the house that I have consecrated for my name, I will cast out of my sight. And Israel will become a proverb and a byword among all peoples. And this house will become a heap of ruins. Everyone passing by it will be astonished and will hiss. And they will say, why has the Lord done thus to this land and to this house? And they will say, because they abandoned the Lord, their God, who brought their fathers out of the land of Egypt and laid hold on other gods and worshiped them and served them. Therefore, the Lord has brought all this disaster on them. 1 Kings 9, 3-9 Unfortunately for Solomon and for the people of Israel, for the most part, the rest of their history is marked by the exact same things that the Lord has declared will be the cause for their ruin and destruction. Solomon's very own son is the cause of civil war and the nation splitting in half. And the kings in both the northern kingdom of Israel and the southern kingdom of Judah will wrestle with the sin of idolatry. They go back to the gods of the Egyptians and to the gods of the Canaanites, with only the exception of a handful of godly kings in the south, which extends the life of their kingdom a few generations beyond the kingdom in the north. In 597 BC, during the reign of the second last king of Judah, Jehoiachin, 1 Kings chapter 24 tells us that the Babylonians come up and besiege the city and take captive the king and his family, and Nebuchadnezzar sets up Zedekiah as a puppet king to rule over Judah. These events are corroborated by a passage from the Babylonian Chronicles, a record of the deeds of the kings of Babylon. It says, quote, In the seventh year in the month of Kislev, the king of Akkad mustered his troops, marched to the Hatti land, and encamped against the city of Judah. And on the ninth day of the month of Adar, he seized the city and captured the king. He appointed there a king of his own choice, and taking heavy tribute, brought it back to Babylon." Unquote. Now eventually, even this puppet king, Zedekiah, will rebel against Nebuchadnezzar and the Babylonians. Here is how the book of 2 Chronicles describes the conditions that led to the end of Judah. 
quote, Zedekiah did what was evil in the sight of the Lord his God. He did not humble himself before Jeremiah the prophet, who spoke from the mouth of the Lord. He also rebelled against King Nebuchadnezzar, who had made him swear by God. He stiffened his neck and hardened his heart against turning to the Lord, the God of Israel. All the officers of the priests and the people likewise were exceedingly unfaithful, following the abominations of the nations. And they polluted the house of the Lord that he had made holy in Jerusalem. 2 Chronicles 36, 12-16 The result of Zedekiah's sin against the Lord and his rebellion and oath-breaking against King Nebuchadnezzar is that God allows the Babylonians to utterly destroy the city and the temple within it. Quote, Therefore, God brought up against them the king of the Chaldeans, who killed their young men with the sword in the house of their sanctuary and had no compassion on young man or virgin, old man or aged. He gave them all into his hand. And all the vessels of the house of God, great and small, and the treasures of the house of the Lord, and the treasures of the king and of his princes, all these he brought to Babylon. And they burned the house of God and broke down the wall of Jerusalem and burned all its places with fire and destroyed all its precious vessels. He took into exile in Babylon those who had escaped from the sword and they became servants to him and to his sons until the establishment of the kingdom of Persia. 2 Chronicles 36, 17-21 and notice that it's, it's not for lack of opportunity to repent that the Lord comes with judgment. Notice the persistence with which God goes after his people. Quote, The Lord, the God of their fathers, sent persistently to them by his messengers, because he had compassion on his people and on his dwelling place. But they kept mocking the messengers of God, despising his words and scoffing at his prophets until the wrath of the Lord rose against his people, until there was no remedy. 2 Chronicles 36, 15-16 And with all of this as the historical backdrop, we have Jesus now coming to the people of Israel as the true prophet of God with a similar message against the nation in his day. Because of their rejection of the true prophet and their insistence to remain in their sin and idolatry, not one stone will be left upon another in God's house, the temple. This time, the rebuilt temple of Herod. Here are Jesus' words from Matthew chapter 23, and 24. Quote, O Jerusalem, Jerusalem, the city that kills the prophets and stones those who are sent to it. How often would I have gathered your children together as a hen gathers her brood under her wings, and you were not willing. See, your house is left to you desolate. Jesus left the temple and was going away when his disciples came to point out to him the buildings of the temple, but he answered them, You see all these, do you not? 
Truly I say to you, there will not be left here one stone upon another that will not be thrown down.